Welcome to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Dell challenges the status quo, questions everything, and empowers you to return to your core beliefs to make your life better. If you're ready to hear the truth and get your roadmap to the lifestyle you really want, the next hour will change your life. And now your host, self-made millionaire, national award-winning investor of the year, CEO and founder of Lifestyles Unlimited, Del Wamsley. Welcome to the Del Wamsley Radio Show, where the hype ends and the help begins. I'm your host, Del Wamsley, and as always, we're working on your financial freedom. Well, my friends, if you ever want to ask me a question or bring up uh, a topic, feel free to do so. Just contact me at askdell at l-u-i-n-c dot com. That's ask Dell D-E-L one L at Lifestyles Unlimited Inc. Incorporated. So it's L-U Lifestyles Unlimited Inc. I-N-C L-U-I-N-C dot com. And uh, I'd be happy to, to look at it and see if it's something that I can comment on if I have some insight into. Today someone sent me an article. Actually this last week they sent it to me. I didn't get around to it last week, so I'm going to pick it up this week. And it's a, an article that is called Not So Golden Years. And the premise behind the article is that most, a lot of people, I don't think it said it, most people, it said many people are choosing to work past age 65. And there's, they give you 25 reasons why that's the case. And this gentleman's um, question to me was, Dell, is it really possible to retire in this day and age? And I think, you know, there's a lot of reason to make money, to not have fear at night that you can't pay your bills, you know, to feel safe and secure is always a good place to start. To have a little bit nicer things, that's nice to have in your life. To have an alternative form of income in case you get hurt, that's a great thing. But then you top it all off with retirement. Now, I retired at 34 years of age, but we have to, first of all, define what retirement truly is. Most people, and the premise behind this article, and I think this gentleman's fear that it's not really possible to retire, are based on this concept that retirement is a pile of money that you save up. And then you live off of it. And then you hope you die before you run out of that money. I mean, that's basically it. So if you live by that premise, then these 25 reasons why you can't retire make sense. But if you don't live by that premise, if you live by the premise that right now you are living on a cost of living, and you could, of course, live in a lower cost of living, but you know what fun would that be for being retired if you had to live like a bum? In fact, that's another thing, that retirement is based on the premise that you're going to fail. What do I mean by that? Well, retirement is based on the premise that you won't have any income. You failed to create personal income for yourself without working. And so you'll be in a low tax bracket, so it's the best time to take your money out of all your retirement accounts because you're in a lower tax bracket than you ever were. And so that's the whole concept behind retirement accounts, is that you're getting out of paying for the taxes when you're in your highest earning years and paying it when you're in your lowest earning years. But then let's go ahead and say this. Why would you want to be in your lowest earning years? Every year that I've been alive past the year I retired, I've made more money than the year before. I continue to do that. I am in uh, next week going to close on another property. 
and this property is going to pay me roughly another nine or ten thousand bucks a month. And that's the seventh one of those I bought in the last twelve months. So I just keep adding and adding and adding to my income. And you know, whether it's a single family house, or when I started, that's how I did. I had one house, then two houses, then four houses, then six, then eight, and ten. You know, just kept going until I had a hundred houses. I go, you know, I better buy an apartment complex. There's just too many houses here. So if you have the premise that you are just replacing your cost of living with income, then there's not even any real reason to have a giant pile of money because you've got income. Now, it's always nice, whether you're working or not, to have a pile of money sitting there for a security blanket. I'm not saying that's not a good thing. What I'm saying, though, it's not mandatory to have that happen. So if you understand that, then these 25 reasons that they give here, and we'll go down as many of them as we can get to today, uh, I'll just show you reversal of argument. Just, hey, just for the sake of arguing, let's discuss these things. So we go down here. The number one, first one is people are living longer. So if you have a pile of money, you save up a certain amount of money, and you have to live off that pile of money, one of two things has to happen. Either, number one, you've got to have a much larger pile of money if you're going to live an extra 10 years, or you've got to wait an extra 10 years before you can actually stop working to retire. So that whatever amount of time, length of time that money has, that you can survive on it, whether it be five years or 10 years or whatever, that you don't live past the end of that money. So that premise, that whole we're living longer premise, really should have nothing to do with this. Why? When I was a kid, I figured something out. Older people are usually richer than younger people. Why? Because their wealth compounds. And so if you have a second generational wealthy family where the first generation had, some, had a business and had some good money, that second generation can really be wealthy because they're not starting at zero. They're starting at a million or five million or 10 million is the starting point. And if you go from a dollar in your pocket to a million, that million dollars worth of upgrade is equal to going from a million dollars to a billion. It's a thousand million, right? So that's like going from a hundred to a thousand hundred. And you, you, when you see that, this exponential growth, you realize the longer you're alive, the really the easier it is to have money. So where am I going with this? Well, if you started buying just one rent house when you were 30 or 40 or 50 or 60, and you did that one every year, the longer you live, the more income you would have. So that premise of living longer is actually a benefit for you. I look at it this way. I always wanted to be a billionaire. I don't know why. I think because there's nothing else after being a millionaire. You're a millionaire. You're a 10 millionaire. You're a 100 millionaire. What, what, there's no names. <laughs> they should come up with some names for us weak people that can't get a billion. But so you just sit your thing out there and say, I want to be a billionaire. So you sit there and you go, hmm, did I take a, a million and turn it into a 100 million? Can I take a hundred million and turn it into a billion? And the answer is, well, first of all, I had to take a thousand and turn it into a million. There's a thousand thousand in a million. I did it. Then I take the million, turn it into a hundred million. But that's not a thousand million. 
and a thousand million is a billion. Now, I know these numbers all sound crazy to you, and they're all over the place, but the bottom line is, the older I am, the easier it is for me to get to that number, because my money grows exponentially, but it's true for you also, if you're making the right moves with your money. The older you are, the more money you should be making. That's the bottom line. It really is. But you believe that the only way to make money is to work, and so you believe the older you get, the less work you can do. Backward thinking. Whatever you believe to be true is. If you believe you can or if you believe you can't, you're right. Because that's what you believe, and that's what you will go out and try to do. So it's very important that you get the right view of how the world really works. The next one is education costs more. This is just a flat lie. Education doesn't cost any more because you don't have to buy education. You can get education on the cheap. It's so inexpensive to get educated nowadays through the Internet that you don't even need to go to college. Now, I went to college, but I have no college debt. I've had none. I paid for my way as I went. Why can't kids pay for the way as they go anymore? They could, but they don't. College has become a big, giant toy. It's a way to take a spunky little teenager that doesn't have any idea what they're going to do with their life yet, that doesn't want to go to work for a living, and give them a place to hide for four to eight years. That's what it's come down to. It used to be a higher education, but it isn't anymore. People coming out of college can't even get jobs. Right now, a truck driver can get a higher-paying job with a bonus of $50,000 to come to work for a company and make over $100,000 a year as a truck driver and have no college debt whatsoever. My friends, if you've got college debt, you're uneducated. Today, we're talking about the 25 reasons why it's impossible to retire, giving each and every one of you 25 good excuses to not try to do something that absolutely should be done between two and five years from the existence of you meeting me. We're down to the one right now called employer benefits have withered. Uh, This is just a bunch of crock. Why do I say that? Well, I'm 65 years old, and I've never worked for a company that had a retirement plan. There was no pension in any company I've ever worked for in my life. And pensions were almost completely eliminated in 1978 when they passed the Revenue Act, which started 401ks. So our kids, my kids' age, have never seen a pension plan. They don't even know what it is. They have lived through the age of the 401k. So even though the 401k is not an effective tool, it replaced the pension, and they're gone. Now, my uncle and my aunt both were teachers college professors, and they both have pensions. And they both retired at age 50 on these pensions. And after putting in whatever it was, 20 or 30 years as teachers, whatever they had to put in, uh, I guess it was 20 years after 30 or whatever it was where they became tenured, and then they got to retire and they live off these pensions. But those haven't been around for years. And so the excuse that pensions are gone is, is outdated. Kids right now don't even know about them. Okay, next one. People don't know how to invest. Now, that's an honest one. That is an honest one. I agree with that one. But that can be fixed. I don't know how to build things. And I just go to the Internet and look it up. 
And then I find somebody, and there's different levels of learning. I've always said you go to the first level, just get cursory information. You can get all you want of that in the Internet. Then you can do a deep dive. Once you know what the cursory information is, you know the words to use, you can do a deep dive and find out detailed information. And then you come to the level where you just really don't understand it anymore. And a quick phone call or mentor that you can call up and ask questions, it's the next level. That's the last level. Somebody who's done it actually knows the stuff that you don't see. In other words, the problem is that you don't know what you don't know. And that's the real problem. You go and get a little cursory information, you might be dangerous. But that information is much easier to get today. Like I said, I think you can get better than a college degree for free off the Internet now. Next one, Social Security doesn't buy as much. That's BS. Social Security has been upgraded year after year after year after year after year. Now, granted this, right now the Democrats are doing a bunch of things that are creating massive inflation massive inflation. I believe it's going to be even more. That may not be able to keep up. Social Security may not be able to keep up with that kind of inflation. But what about us? We can't keep up with inflation. Oh, yes, we can. I told you, I bought seven more properties in the last year. I'm exceeding inflation with my net worth and my income. And I will continue to do that to stay out in front. So as much as the government thinks they can take away, we just figure out ways to get more. And just keep getting more every year, every year, every year, every year. Why? Because inflation's there every year. Because taxes are there every year. They don't go away. So don't think you can save your way around those things. You need money. And I like to call that money regular reoccurring income. Regular, meaning you get it regularly. You know I get it the first of each month. Reoccurring is every month, over and over and over and over again. Regular reoccurring income. That's what we're looking for. All right, next. The gig economy has hurt retirement savings. The gig economy jobs may be great as a source of backup or additional income, helping people do everything from making ends meet to daily basis of paying down debt. However, one of the drawbacks of such a job is they don't offer retirement benefits. Again, there hasn't been retirement benefits in ages. And whether you are in a gig economy and moving from job to job to job to job as opposed to staying with one company for your whole lifetime, even the whole company for your lifetime, people don't give you a retirement anymore. Here's an important one. Bond yields are low. I heard a guy the other day, I think his name was Grant Cardone. And I'm sure, I'm sure it's Grant Cardone, but I, hopefully I'm quoting him correctly. He was saying, telling people, why do you give any returns to your investors? Because he was talking to some Lifestyles members about them wanting to get a good return on their investment, and he doesn't offer a good return on his investments. And he would say, oh, that's garbage, that's garbage. You guys are idiots giving good returns on investments. And he proceeded to go, you know, your bank will give you one-third or one-eighth of a percent. I think right now I'm getting one-half a percent. Thank you, Grant. But still, he's right. There's, there's no return there. And he said, you can give people no returns, and they'll still put their money somewhere. So all it has to do is find the people that are dumb enough to give you their money for no returns. Yeah, bond yields are low right now. So where you used to be able to buy yourself a set of bonds and live off that, that's a lot tougher right now. Almost probably impossible unless you have massive amounts of money. Same thing with CDs. They don't work anymore either. So you have to go look for more aggressive income. That's where real estate comes in. Real estate is giving you a much higher rate of return than what bonds and CDs are. Now, granted, Grant Cardone saying he doesn't have to give anybody good returns, but that's just his approach, right? He's that kind of guy that's a super salesman, arrogant, that says, you know, it's 
it's my money. And it's all about me having money. It has nothing to do about anybody else in this world being safe or happy or anything. It's just not my style. He's just got a different style. My style is, hey, we want to help enough other people in this world get what they want so we can have whatever we want. Now, granted, according to his net worth, he's richer than I am. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm, I'm sure my advice is falling on deaf ears when it comes to listening to me. But that's okay because I'm happy with where I'm at in life and don't have people hating me. Next one says, divorce after 50 has increased. You know, I've heard this. And it it says here it has a significant impact on the ability to retire. Well, why? Because now you have double the cost, overhead costs. Whereas before, you had two of you staring one house. Now you have each of you have to have a place to live. You know, it's easier to cook for two. It's cheaper to cook for two than it is to cook for one. And you just go right down the list. Right down the list of things that, yeah. Being single is costly. Plus, you've generally had one super strong breadwinner and maybe another lesser strength breadwinner in a family. You've saved up a retirement amount you thought would be fine. You split that in half, and now you don't have enough to retire. Together, it was enough for both of you to retire, but split in half, it's not enough for either of you to retire because of the additional costs. <sighs> boy, oh boy, here's one. And I think we'll go to break on this one. Parents are supporting their adult children. I don't even know how to answer that. Why are you supporting your adult children? I remember my dad said, you know, I told my dad I wanted to quit college. He said, boy, man's got to do what a man's got to do. If that's what you want to do is quit college, and you go right ahead and quit college. I said, Dad, I'm really surprised you, you know, you see my way, and you're so easy about it. He goes, no problem, son, but it's time. Time for what, Dad? Get out. See, the second I stopped going to school, it was time to leave. Maybe you should think about that for your children, too. Now, from the files of Del Wamsley. I have apartment complexes. I own apartment complexes. That's what I do for a living. And we have employees. And needless to say, many of our maintenance men are Hispanic. Many of our uh, leasing agents are Hispanic. And we've gone to them and offered them insurance plans. Said, look, the insurance plan costs Six hundred dollars a month. We'll pay three hundred if you pay three hundred. I think we even offer to pay four hundred if they pay two hundred, something like that. You know what their answer was? Two AT. Every single one of them said, "I don't want it." They don't want insurance. People don't value insurance when they're young. We'll be right back with the Del Wamsley Radio Show. live to 100% virtual. And you know, the funny thing is, is that nobody wants to go back to work now that work from home, right? So now my members are like, well, Dell, we want to keep those virtual things open because now I know all the people in Miami and I know all the people in Chicago. I know all the people now know each other from all over the country because of these virtual events. The free workshop, How to Retire in Five Years or Less, is online. Go to lifestylesunlimitedworkshop.com. Welcome back to the Del Wamsley Radio Show. Today, we're going over the 25 reasons why you may not be able to retire, and I'm trying to debunk them. Before we went to break, uh, the last one that we talked about right before we broke was parents supporting their adult children. And it reminded me of a story 
that goes way back, and I don't want you to get mad at me if you think that this is racist in any way or culturally inappropriate, because it's not me saying it's what somebody said to me and not what I said to them. But I was talking, it was dating this Hispanic girl at the time, and I mean, full-blown Hispanic family, not mulatto or anything, I mean, just boom, straight over, parents came over, they were first-generation Americans, the kids were. And so I was talking to the father, and, you know, Everybody knows what I do. And I was telling him, you know, hey, I help people retire or whatever. And I said, so how are you going to retire? I mean, you're, he was a sheetrock installer. That's what he did. Him and his sons did that. And he looked around and he pointed to this six or seven kids that he had. And he said, that's my retirement right there. So the way it works in our culture is that you have lots of kids so that when you get old, the kids can spread your burden out across their families and be able to support you. And in many cultures, they send money back to their country. They come to America, they work to send money back. So this is a very extended way that some cultures take care of retirement. Again, if you look at it, it's based on income. Income of the new, younger family members that are working. Not based on the money that this sheetrock installation guy could save. And you really look at it that way, you see the difference. Even they who have not believed that you have to leave retirement and that burden to the U.S. government or to any government, they leave it to the family. Here's another one. Reoccurring expenses have increased. That's, again, just a a red herring. Doesn't mean anything. All expenses have increased, including reoccurring expenses. But what's different is people demand more toys now. There's no way when I was growing up we would have spent four hundred, five hundred dollars a month on cable. And now you pay four or five hundred, and then you sign up for three or four or five of these other type events. I signed up for another one last night. I don't even know what it is. It just I wanted a show that it was on that, so I signed up for it. It's like eight bucks a month, right? And I said, so "What's eight bucks a month to me? It's nothing." But that's, you know, and you add those up, and they add up pretty quick. Home ownership has been delayed. All right. This is an important concept because really most people don't have any real assets. Your home is generally your largest asset if you're not an investor like I am. And I I really don't think it should be your largest asset, but for most people it is. And people aren't buying homes now. They're not getting married till later and they're not buying homes till later. Our kids on Melissa's side both seem to be interested in buying a house this year. I think one of them did just bought one. And the other one's looking to buy one right now. So they're in their mid-30s. And so they're, you know, looking to get started. I owned a home when I was 25 years old. It was a condo, but it was mine. Homes cost more. Again, red herring. Everything costs more. Interest rates are lower. So payments aren't even that much larger. It's simply that people don't care about owning homes anymore. Just like they don't care about big screen TVs and they don't care about giant stereo systems. They'll take a headset and a phone and watch TV and listen to music. It's a completely different world than what I grew up in. Big house trends caught on. Eh, They're going away now. Again, another red herring. You don't have to buy a big home just because big home trends caught on. That's just an excuse to spend more money and live more extravagantly. Next one, health care is a bigger expense. Well, I think that as I get older, my health care costs get much higher. I'm going in for a lot of different things. The difference is is that I've become wealthy. So because I'm wealthy, I can afford to pay it. I would really hate to be someone on a fixed income at my age paying for their health care costs. However, there is Medicare, 
and there is Medicare supplement insurance. So, by the way, they, they call me and write me and hound me every single day to sign up for Medicare, and I don't do it. I don't need it. I've got my own insurance. Okay, long-term care costs are increasing, absolutely. Uh, again, they are. But what does that mean you can't retire? That's the dumbest thing in the world. Just think about it. Long care costs are increasing. So what does that mean? If you're being cared for on long-term care, you're not working anyway, right? Now, the only way that could ever really mean something is maybe your spouse is on long-term care, and you've got to work longer to be able to support your spouse's needs. That could be. Lifestyle factors are expensive. Again, this is just greed. There are hundreds of millions of people in this world. They're living on nothing. So it's just an excuse. And also, it's a ridiculous excuse, especially since if you want more in life, you just buy one more piece of rental income. And if you do a little bit of that every single year, like I do, then your income will keep going up as your cost of living keeps going up. But you'll always have that extra money that you can buy something else next year with. But you have to make this a plan. And I've had it as a plan since I was 34 years old, actually when I was 27. And I started buying investments. And I keep buying investments. And I'll keep buying investments. Well, Dell, you've got enough money now to live for the rest of your life, probably two lifetimes. Why do you keep buying more investments? Because what if tomorrow the government says taxes are 50% or 75% or 80%? What if they create a wealth tax and take half of, you know, 10% of everything you own every year? You just can't anticipate how stupid the government can get with your money. And so my goal is just stay out in front of it. I've always believed this. Life is like running down a track. The only way you win is to stay out in front of the train. Just get ahead of all these stuff. You know it's coming. Greed in this country has become unbelievable, and people aren't even willing to take jobs anymore to take care of their greed. Salaries have not kept up with cost of living. That's not true. Salaries are higher than they've ever been. That's a lie. Overall, cost of living is higher. Again, that's just a function of inflation. Has its, it's a red herring. It has no meaning because everything's more expensive and incomes are higher. People start contributing to the retirement funds later in life. Hmm, that's an interesting one. I wonder why that is. I guess because kids just don't have any desire to think about the real world anymore. You know, kids don't even start to coalesce. I guess if you have babies at 20 years of age, and that's what my wife did. She had kids at 20, 24, 25, you know, that type of thing. I didn't have mine until I was 35. But if you have kids and you're young, then your children are grown by the time you start thinking. You Right away, you got to think about, I need a house for these kids. I need to start being stable for these kids. I need all that stuff to make it. So you grow up and you start making the right decisions. These kids now, they're still playing at age 35. It's still a game to them. And so they haven't started their savings yet. People use outdated investment strategies. Boy, not only outdated, they use stuff that has never worked. It's not just outdated. It just didn't ever work. Of course, there is stuff like the bonds, the bond ladders and the CD ladders that used to work that don't work anymore. Now it has to be a house ladder or an apartment complex ladder. You got to buy more houses and more apartments. Credit card debt has skyrocketed. It's another red herring. It doesn't mean anything. You're just paying for stuff on credit cards instead of, you know, there's no reason to. You haven't cost a living. Your credit cards are not a part of the cost of living. Your credit cards are part of you spending money you don't have to spend. That's a completely different problem. That's a mental problem. People making more job changes than in the past. Again, another red herring because we've already discussed that the gig economy 
doesn't have any retirement plans attached to it, but nor have there been retirement plans. No, there have been no pension plans uh, since 78. Now, you can have an IRA and not even have a job. You can move from job to job to job and move your money from IRA to 401k, 401k back to IRA, whatever you need to do. So, that just doesn't make any sense either. See, there's all weak arguments for one simple fact. I better make sure I get that in before the end of this next segment starting here. And that is, all of these are weak arguments for the fact that you don't want to take the time to come out and learn how to retire in two to five years. Because I'll show you how to do it. Because thousands of people have done it. And thousand more are in the process of doing it now. That's the only argument. The only argument is you're too lazy to learn and take action that can make a difference. Today we've been covering uh, an article called uh, 25 Reasons Why You Can't Retire. And really, it was just a giant red herring. The whole thing was just to make you believe that there are reasons or excuses why you can't retire, when in reality, anybody can retire. Anybody can retire. All you have to do is replace your earned income with passive income. Now, here's an interesting little side thought. Which is it easier to do? Replace a little bit of income or replace a lot of income? Well, poor people think it's hard to replace a little bit of income because they don't have a lot of money to invest. And rich people think it's hard to replace a lot of income because they have a lot of earned income and they can't figure out how to invest enough or make enough on the investments they make to replace their earned income. The reality is it's no harder for one or the other, except maybe for the ability to get credit in some situations. But there are lots of ways to work around that and have been used for for centuries for people to build wealth without credit. So, obviously, it's easier, definitely easier, but you're going to have to do it. Now, you're going to have to give up some basic beliefs, though, for this belief to work. Number one, you're going to have to do something along these lines. Now, I want you to add up all of the passive income you earned last year. Just add it all up. How much did you make in savings that they actually paid you as savings account money? How much did you earn in CDs? How much did your 401k pay you? Not how much you put into it, but how much did it pay you, which is in most cases nothing. How much did your house pay you in income, How much did, which is nothing? And how much did your rent house pay you, which is something? You add up all your passive income, and then you take it and divide it by your net worth. And what you'll find is the average person out there earns way less than 1% return. Way less than 1% return. Most people earn a tenth of a percent or less. Even though I was saying earlier that Grant Cardone was saying you don't have to offer people high returns, it's true. The industry out there has figured out, and that what industry is that? That's all the people who take your money and tell you where to put it for retirement savings. Those people have come to the conclusion they don't have to show you any return at all. They're going to get paid. You don't really care what you get. But if you're going to want to retire, you're going to have to change that belief system, and you're going to have to look for rates of return that exist that can get you there. So what kind of rate of return does it take to really get you rich? That's a subjective thought process uh, because it's all relative to time. The higher the rate of return, the quicker you can get there. When we were in the recession in 2008, we were getting sometimes as high as 400% return. So a guy put in $100,000, a year later he had $400,000. Now, I've seen some deals like that. I've brought a few people on the radio in the last couple of months that have done some 200 and 300% return deals. There's a guy, I think last week, who did a 300% return. And, you know, they're out there. 
realistically, the way they look now is much different than what they looked before. What we see now is whereas we used to be able to put in the greatest deal I did, I'll give you the best deal I did, I believe, in my life was I put in $100,000 and we refinanced out and I got my share of the refinance was like a million dollars. And then a year and a half or so later, two years later, we sold and I got another 300000 So I got $1,300,000 on a $100,000 investment. And it roughly took us 18 months to get the refi out. And then I think we're in three to four years, something like that for the whole deal. So let's say four years and I made you know, 1,300%. Now that's obviously get rich instantly type of return. That's instant wealth to go from 100,000 to 1 million three. But all the people, every single person in that deal with me who had invested their money made 185% return over that same period. They made 135% within the first 18 months. And then over the full length of the deal, they made about 185%. I was in a much higher leverage position than they were. That's why my return was a much higher percentage return. But even so, you look at that, and it's 185 in three years. It's um, about 60% a year. You see a lot of deals out there where they used to make 10% cash-on-cash return as a you know dividend. They'd get a quarterly dividend of about 10% on their money. 10% annualized. Don't get me saying that wrong. They'd have a 10% annualized return on cash flow. But now that annualized cash flow is probably down around five or six at least starting out, and then maybe it goes up to seven or eight as you turn some things around and make it you know, more profitable. But the difference is that capital gains are growing so rapidly now that you're still getting 50% capital gains within a year, maybe 100% within two years, maybe 150 in three years. So about 50% capital gains a year seems to be achievable. So if you've got 5% cash return and 50% capital gains return, you're doing really well. Uh, so you know, you look at this stuff and you see, you play around with it and you just realize one thing. What you're earning in a 401k and what you're earning in an IRA and what you're earning in the CDs and savings accounts and bonds isn't going to get you there. You need something that has a higher rate of return than that. Real estate has been my go-to ever since I was 27 years old uh, and got into it. And it's done me well the entire time and continues to do me well. I'm continuing to buy. Like I said, I'll be closing again next week on another deal to bring me about another 9000 bucks a month, I think it is, roughly. But uh, that's every month. That's every single month. That's what I'll get paid. Now more intel to build a better lifestyle from Dell Wamsley. While overall rate of divorce in the United States has declined over the past 20 years, it's on the rise among the 50-plus demographic. Getting divorced after age 50 or 60 has a significant impact on your ability to retire, says Renee Sinez, a certified divorce financial analyst. Plans that were dependent on supporting one household with two Social Security checks, a 401k, and perhaps a pension are decimated. Add living longer to the mix, and there's simply not enough working years left to recoup the savings divided in a divorce. The result, a population will need to work longer in order to be able to retire. I've had members tell me when the husband retired and he came home and now he's home all the time, the wife goes, get him out of here. Sell him something else. Do something. I don't want him around me. Another wife said laughingly, she said, you know, I said for better or worse, but I didn't say for lunch every day. 
<laughs> so, you know, here you are. You've lived your life for 60, 50 years. You've been married 30 years. And your kids have been with you. And you struggle to, to make ends meet, to pay for the house, your dream house you wanted, and your dream cars you wanted, and get your kids college. And now all of a sudden, all that's over. And you two are not the cute little kids you were when you first met each other. You're now wrinkly old people that, okay, the sexual fantasy's gone. You better be friends. You better like to do the same things. It's not the money. It's the lifestyle. Have a wonderful day. We'll see you tomorrow. The information and opinions you hear on the Del Wamsley Radio Show are those of the host, Del Wamsley, his guests, and his callers, and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of this station, its affiliates, its management, or advertisers. The Del Wamsley Show is for entertainment purposes only. Please consult a professional regarding your personal investment needs. Nothing presented on the Del Wamsley Show constitutes an endorsement, recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any product or security.